Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Content Club. I'm your host, Erin Brown, wellness coach. And on this episode, we are talking about a topic that has made a huge impact on my life and that is meditation. So I started meditating, I remember it was a year after I graduated college, so I was 22. And I, after a year um, of working at a job that was completely toxic and you know a toxic culture the hours were crazy i barely slept i i resigned and i also broken up with someone who (laughs) it was also a toxic situation so i was walking away from two situations that were really bad for me and i just needed something to help me you know figure out my life and what i wanted and and heal and so I started to explore meditation, um, actually at the recommendation of my father. Um, and it was really tough for me to get into, but I read books about it and I really leaned into it because I just needed something to help me. And it just, it helped like the awareness it gave me, the ways in which it helped me be more mindful and understanding of my emotions and have more grace with myself, compassion, forgive myself, forgive others. It was incredible. So. For this episode, um, we read a book called Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. And if that title sounds appealing to you, it definitely was appealing to me. Who doesn't want to stress less and accomplish more? So this book really talks about how we can use meditation to recharge anywhere, anytime, Um, just taking a few minutes, making it easy for ourselves and how just really carving out time to meditate, even when we think we don't have the time to, can make a huge impact on our performance. And in fact, it even gives us more time during the day. And I'm super excited about my guest who who suggested this book to us, uh, Stephanie Arazzo, the founder of Prana Wellness. Stephanie is an avid adventure seeker and a self-proclaimed fitness junkie. She received yoga, meditation, and pranayama breathing certifications in Rishikesh, India under Master Yogis. Her company, Prana Wellness, was born in India, and it provides a range of wellness services aimed at healing the whole person. Prana brings wellness to the workplace through yoga, meditation, and breathwork, and also provides individual wellness services, events, and retreats around the globe. So Stephanie and I are, we really had a great conversation and I think you'll really enjoy it because it's all about making meditation something that's accessible for all of us. Um, I know there are many of us out there who, um, you know, feel we don't have the time or that meditation is hard. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation to learn why uh, meditation can really just make us better at life. (laughs) We all want to be good at life, right? We want to feel successful. We want to feel competent. We want to feel fulfilled. So I think you'll learn so much from um, Stephanie's insight from her work in teaching wellness, yoga, mindfulness, breath work, and meditation. I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get started. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining Content Club. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, we're discussing a book, as I mentioned in the intro, that you recommended called Stress More Accomplish, or sorry, Stress Less, Accomplish More. 
And um, I love the title of this book because it embraces this concept that seems counterintuitive in today's hustle culture. And I know you can relate to hustle culture because you came from a very demanding career as a producer for CNN. So when did it start to click for you that hustle culture is unhealthy, toxic, and what was the journey that led you from the CNN newsroom to the work you do now? Yeah, thanks. I think that it is very hard to break the habit of the hustle culture. I think it's ingrained in us, um, especially as Black women, I think even more so. But I think there's sort of a glorification of grinding and like hustling. And I think the hustling to a certain extent is good and it shows ambition and perseverance, but you don't want to hustle yourself into the ground. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I learned that very quickly, you know, when I was doing my transition from CNN to entrepreneurship, um, you cannot pour from an empty, empty cup. It's just impossible. So if you are you know, burning the midnight oil literally <laughs> every single night, then you're not going to produce great results. You know, you have to have that strength and that energy left within yourself to give something. So I think it takes kind of taking a step back to see um, that you can actually accomplish more if you are less stressed. And that's why I like the title of that book, because it, when you're less stressed, it's like you're replenished. Your nervous system is replenished. Your brain is more functional, more focused when you have a lower stress level. When your stress levels are high, you scientifically um, work in a less productive way, less efficiently. So you scientifically are not as focused. Um, you're not as productive. You don't work as quickly because your brain is depleted. Your nervous system is depleted. And when you can bring down that stress level, it allows you to be more productive. Um, so I realized that, like you said, when I left CNN, it was just chaotic. I mean, I I loved it for the most part for six out of the seven years. But after, after that, I just began to experience burnout. Um, I was constantly on call and you know, it was it was a lot. It was very challenging. It was almost constant breaking news. And so with that, I just started to take a look at myself and say, is this productive for me still? For me, not for CNN. Is this productive for me still? You know, where is my energy coming from? And do I have energy to give to this still? And the answer was no. So I, you know, I thought I was taking a sort of personal sabbatical um, to India, and I left CNN, and three days later, I went to India on what I thought, like I said, was a personal sabbatical, and I did not intend to embrace full entrepreneurship full-time um, after that. I intended on actually coming back to get another corporate job, not, not in news, obviously, but I was going to do something else in media or communication, and it took me maybe two out of the five weeks I spent in India to realize that that's not what I wanted either, that I didn't want corporate life at all anymore. And I left, I, I came back and I tore up my resumes and I said, done with this, I don't wanna do this anymore. It's no longer serving me. And you know, I think it takes that with, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a relationship, a friendship, a professional goal or a business, corporate job, is this serving me? Is, is a really good question to ask yourself. And you can ask it mentally, you can write it down and journal about it for days, but it's very helpful just to see what quality of life and what type of energy something is bringing you, you know, is it still serving you? So yeah, I made the leap unknowingly, I guess I didn't really know what I was in for. I was not one of those people that was 
prepared for, for it. I didn't have like months of savings and I just said, you know what? Today's the day. Let's go. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, to be honest. I had no idea what I was doing. It was quite the leap. Um, I don't I don't regret it though at all. I feel I still to this day like pinch myself sometimes and I feel very liberated by it. So oh, that's amazing. Well that India trip must have been a transformational experience. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It was life changing. I mean it sounds very cliche, but it was very challenging mentally and physically, um, more so than I thought it would have been mm. very mentally challenging. And I was just kind of like shocked into submission to myself. So. <laughs> and I love that question that you asked yourself, you know, is this serving me? Is this giving me value? Because I feel like we often live, we live by default and sometimes we operate on autopilot, but I like how that question kind of makes you pause and really think about, you know, intentionally what you're doing and, you know, what you're doing with your life and if it really is serving you still. Right. So something that the author states in this book, which I thought was interesting is if you have effective tools to manage your stress levels and anxiety, even the biggest setbacks can become opportunities for growth and innovation. So I'd love to hear your perspective and helping us understand how meditation can help us see the opportunities in our setbacks? Um, and what can listeners take away from this, especially given the pandemic that we're in right now? Well, that's a great question. I think that your breath really helps you to be present in the present moment. And I use breath a lot in meditation and really focus on it because your breath carries you. You know, it helps you to be the only thing that you're always doing constantly in the present moment is breathing. It's the one singular thing that you're doing every single moment of the day, you know, unless you're dead. So mm -hmm. you're always breathing. So it has a really sort of magical power to bring you back into the present moment. So during meditation, if you find yourself drifting off into thoughts or if you find yourself fidgeting or, you know, not being able to be still in your mind and your body, come back to your breath, be present in the here and now. Um, and I recently did a training uh, for prenatal yoga actually. And one of the questions the trainer asked us, she was saying, um, where are you? And the answer is here. And what time is it? And the answer is now. And so I, I carried that on, it really stuck with me because if you can just mentally say that to yourself every day, where am I here? What time is it now? and say it over and over, it really kind of like draws you into the present moment by default and you have no other choice but to be present. So I think um, it helps to overcome these sorts of st uh, stuck moments that we have, especially now there's sort of moments of frustration and just boredom or, or maybe the total opposite. Maybe it's just you're too busy during this time of corona and quarantine and you know, you lack that creativity, but it can spark creativity if you can learn to be present in the here and now. You know, stop um, thinking about what's going to happen in the future. Um, I think a lot of anxiety and stress comes from when you create a story that yes. something in the future is going to happen. You know, we tend to latch on to a story and say, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to be like this, and this is what they're going to say. You know, you're inventing that story in your head. And that is not what meditation and mindfulness is about. If you bring it back to your breath, then you can focus on what exactly am I doing now? I'm breathing, I'm here now. 
then you will be much more productive in that way. You know, it's so it's a tool. It's really your breath is a tool to help bring you back. It will literally pull you back. So I always tell people, um, anytime you lose focus on something, come back to the present moment and say, you're here, you're now, and just breathe. Just by taking a simple breath, I will bring you back. I love it. Breath work is such a tool. It's free. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, don't have, you, you can learn from the experts on how to, you know, have a practice of breath work. But once you get it, it's like something you can always go back to, which I love. And I know for me during the pandemic, um, particularly early days and maybe every so often now, I feel fear of the future. Like, when is this going to be over? When can I do some of the things I loved? And yeah, breathing just really helps me just feel centered again. And just yeah. know in this moment right now, I'm okay. Yeah, it does. It really helps you to become centered and focus on the here and now. I think another thing that she talks about in that book is that mindfulness is about the present. Meditation is actually about the past. Mm -hmm. the, they're not one and the same, but if you think about the word meditation, it's addressing past trauma and past stress and that trauma or stress can be from five minutes ago or from five years ago yeah. you know it can be something that you're addressing behind you um, mindfulness is being here and now in the present so that's your breath mindfulness is what's going on in this moment and then manifestation is uh you know manifesting into your life what's going to happen in the future so there are three different elements of this whole practice of meditation and mindfulness is the only one that deals with present directly through your breath. And people that meditate, I think it almost creates a new realm of, of creativity in your mind. It sparks more creativity in your mind because you're, it's like freeing up brain space. But the way I teach it, I always try to say, think about you have stress points, right? You have 10 stress points every day when you wake up. And if you're not meditating and you're carrying those 10 stress points you woke up with, you're carrying them into the next day, then you're waking up with 20 stress points and so on, you know, so it builds and builds. But if you're meditating, then you're knocking off those stress points daily and you're opening up a whole new realm of creativity and productivity in your brain, more space. You know, you, they always say create space. You're creating physical and mental space in your body by meditating. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's just like you're constantly healing yourself when you meditate and we need to heal over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and something beautiful that I personally experienced as a result of meditation, which is discussed in this book is a greater experience of ease and flow in my daily life, yeah. even in circumstances that I previously would have thought were out of my control, whether it's work or personal life stuff. And so what is it about meditation that activates this experience of ease and flow when you practice it regularly? So I will come back to the breath again. Um, if you think about an inhale and exhale as waves, everything ebbs and flows. So one of my favorite sort of background soundscapes to listen to is waves. Um, mm, they yeah. make rainscapes. I love listening to ocean waves and my favorite place to meditate is the ocean because it allows you to visualize um, everything ebbing and flowing, everything comes and goes. And so I think of my inhale and exhale as the ebbs and flows. You know, nothing is, is permanent. There's this concept of impermanence of everything and, and non-attachment we teach in yoga. 
because even if they're good feelings, good things, joy is coming and going, it's fleeting, you know, happiness, it comes and goes, you know, things are fleeting in life. And so if you think of tough situations as impermanent, then you will be better able to deal with them. If you try to remember that your breath, you know, it ebbs and flows. So what I try to do, I will create sort of a visualization of the ocean coming and going, you know, how waves do in every inhale, every exhale. And just visualize it like that. And it's, it's kind of beautiful. It's really nice to visualize that because then you feel like, okay, this feeling of anxiety, this moment of stress, this anger, it's gonna, it's gonna go away gonna float away you know into the ocean it ebbs and flows just like everything else so that's how I try to look at it um, that nothing is permanent nothing stays with you and also I think practicing uh, in meditation bearing witness to things to feelings or pains that you're experiencing in your body and in your mind if you can bear witness rather than claiming it as your identity that helps a lot as well um, for example if you are having a day that's just high stress and you feel so much anxiety, instead of saying, I'm having so much anxiety, I my anxiety is high today. Don't claim that anxiety, it's not yours. You're just bearing witness to it. It comes and it goes, right? So as a witness to it, you can say, I'm experiencing this anxiety right now. However, I know that it's going to pass. It's just like the ebbs and flows. So use that breath to have it ebb and flow and it, it slows things down too it's like okay it's it's almost like like welcoming feelings of stress you welcome it because you know it's going to go away yeah i mean i i think that gives those of us who do meditation so much perspective into how you know our emotions are only temporary discomfort is only temporary mm -hmm. and i feel like it's made me more resilient to push through difficult things Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It gives you those, you know, natural tools. You don't even mm -hmm. have to write for it. It's, it's a natural tool that you have within your own body. It's just perspective, you know. Totally. Um, and there's another quote that I found in this book that I found interesting. So the other says, we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. Yeah. And I think it's hard for a lot of us, especially, you know, high achievers, type A people to wrap their minds around practicing something where the goal is not necessarily to be good, but to be consistent. Yeah. And um, I know I personally had to learn to be forgiving of myself for not feeling like I'm doing meditation right. So how is it like, how do we experience the benefits of meditation, even if we don't feel like we're good at it? That's a really good question. Um, and I think the best things that you can do for yourself, wh whether you're an experienced meditator or a novice meditator, um, is show yourself grace and patience and kindness. Uh, such yeah. a beautiful lesson. It sounds very cliche, but it's, it's so true because grace to allow yourself to mess up or to allow yourself to not sit still or be uncomfortable or be impatient. I mean, there are moments where, I mean, and I teach meditation almost on a daily basis, but there's moments where I want to move and not sit, you know, crisscross legs the whole time or moments that maybe my back isn't as straight or I don't want to sit for 30 minutes and meditate. Maybe I just want to sit for five minutes. But giving yourself that grace and saying, you know, that's okay, that's fine. If you don't want to do that, at least you're doing it, you know? 
um, the patience because meditation is not something that comes overnight and it's also a very personal practice. So my meditation is not going to look like yours and yours is not going to look like you know, Deepak Chopra's, you have to, you have to be patient with yourself, you know, your meditation practice will grow in your own way, you know, some people may meditate 10 minutes a day every day for the rest of their lives, and that's amazing, that's a really great meditation practice, other people may meditate for an hour a day every day for the rest of their lives, and that's also great, there's no better or worse, there's, you should never get up from a meditation and say, oh, that was a really bad meditation because there's no such thing as a bad meditation every moment that you're taking to sit with yourself and with your spirit is a good meditation so you shouldn't see it like that i think um just the opportunity to sit you should send gratitude to your body and gratitude to your mind for stillness um, something that really helps me with that um being patient with myself and you know being sort of gracious is a gratitude list um, so I write pretty frequent, probably a few times a week, gratitude lists uh, in my journal, things that I'm grateful for. And usually they're small things, like grateful for the sun, grateful for uh, my shrimp and grits this morning, <laughs> <laughs> for my water, you know, things that you are grateful for that can make you see the brighter sides of things. And it's like, oh, I did do a good job today. And I Aaron, you brought this up in I think one of your posts and I've been using it. Um, I do gratitude lists and you mentioned brag lists. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started doing that as well as my gratitude list. And then it's like this whole bubble of, of goodness between the gratitude <laughs> list. Because if you can think of things that you can brag on yourself for, like they could be small, they don't have to be huge, huge wins, but I found it to be very gratifying to think of okay today I woke up at seven instead of seven thirty and that was a win for me like small things you know and then at the end of the day you can look at that and say hey this was pretty good you know um it's just about showing yourself that grace and patience and kindness um in your meditation and not comparing your practice to anyone else's because it, it will never be like anyone else's and that's fine so as long as you can sit that's that's a good meditation. You know, you're sitting, you're there, you're here, you're present. Think here and now. And, you know, something that's interesting as my meditation practice has evolved, I've been starting to include yoga as part of that. Yeah. And I know you teach yoga. And to be honest, I, I feel kind of silly, but I didn't even know, I didn't understand the spiritual aspects of yoga until just a couple of years ago, because I felt like the way yoga has been marketed, it was this, it was like divorced from the spiritual aspects of it. And it became so much more powerful and enjoyable and meaningful to me when I understood more of the spiritual aspect of yoga and combining it with meditation and the healing power of those two together. Absolutely. I, I always say that most times that I do yoga, I'm also meditating. It's a moving meditation. And there's so many different types of meditation, but it's absolutely a moving meditation. Um, during Corona, I've missed hot yoga so much because I do a lot of hot yoga. And there's nothing like that feeling of just being drenched. So I, I live in Southern California. It's been really hot here. So I'm like, you know what? I'm taking this into my own hands. I'm making a hot yoga studio. So when it's really hot, like this morning, I practiced on my balcony in my bedroom and I went out on the balcony, put my mat out and I'm directly in the sun. 
So it is hot and I'm dripping sweat and that is my hot yoga practice. But it's such a good meditation for me. I mean, the movement and just really, and if you practice a lot of yoga, you know, you've heard teachers say breath to movement. And that breath to movement is so important in your body. Once you can align your breath and your movement, it's it's almost like you're just kind of in a trance. You're moving very melodically. And sometimes I don't even look at the screen if I'm taking an instructor's class. Sometimes I'm just closing my eyes and floating around because it's it's very meditative to me. Very cleansing. I'm so jealous because you know I'm in Chicago and yeah. <laughs> our days of hot meditation are numbered. Yeah. <laughs> or hot yoga. Yeah. yeah. So it took yeah, a while to get there, but I found my little hat yoga studio on my balcony. Uh, yeah. Well, if cold yoga was a thing, I could do that in Chicago, <laughs> but unfortunately not. Um, so something I wanted to ask you about is, you know, I've noticed personally in meditation, I know other people have experienced it, is that sometimes painful emotions do come up. And sometimes it's like something that I wasn't even thinking about. It wasn't even top of mind and something from the past. And all of a sudden it just like, it just, you know, comes to mind in such a powerful way and it can be overwhelming. So how do you counsel people you work with to work those in, through those uncomfortable emotions and stick with meditation? Because it can be, you know, it, it's our instinct to want to protect ourselves. So it can, yeah. you know, for me, it's made me say, maybe I don't want to sit in silence with myself, you know? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because I get asked this question so many times. Before Corona, I was teaching regular, very intimate in-person um, breathwork and meditation classes that were maybe like no more than eight people in a room and we'd sit in a circle. And so you feel people's energy. You physically feel it because they're sitting so close to you in a small room. And with that, I would always, without fail, every class get someone either crying or they would be physically shaking, or they would open their eyes and say, I feel high, or I feel dizzy, I think I'm gonna pass out, almost every class. And it's like, I, I explain it, it's, it's your feelings. It's whatever energy that you're carrying. That's why my company is called Prana Wellness. Prana is your energy, your life force. Whatever you're carrying with you is your prana. So when you meditate, when you do the, this breath work, it's bringing up that energy physically through your throat. Your Vishuddha chakra is your throat chakra. And when you do the breath work and the meditation, it's work. And you're like igniting those feelings. So they're coming from the pit of your belly and coming up through your throat and manifesting out through your breath. And you feel it. And that's scientifically like what's happening in your body. So if there's things that um, you were dealing with in the past, past traumas, things that you need to get unstuck from. It's physically coming up during your practice. So what I tell people when they experience these things um, is to sit. And that's that's what I say. <laughs> Just sit. <laughs> that's my best advice. Just sit with it and breathe. When the worst thing you can do when you feel that, when you feel these extreme feelings sometimes, or this like sudden burst of just high energy or discomfort, the worst thing you could do is immediately get up or start moving or breathing heavily out through your mouth. You don't wanna do a, a Lamaze breath. You don't wanna breathe out through your mouth. You wanna breathe in and out through your nose and just sit, even if it's just 30 seconds. Just by closing your eyes and just sitting, 
it's so calming. I mean, it's it's it really is. calming. And if you're experiencing that high emotional rush in that moment, simply by sitting and closing your eyes, you're embracing it again, like you're being comfortable with it. So I always say, embrace the discomfort. Um, I think discomfort is the zone that you grow in when you're in a state of discomfort. Uh, yes. The most growth happens, you know? It's a space that is, yes, uncomfortable, but you, you cannot grow if you're very comfortable. Think of, think of a, a dog cage, right? I have a Yorkie, he's 10 pounds. If I put him in a huge dog cage, and he's going to be really comfortable and he's just mm-hmm. running around because he's in a pit bull cage, right? But if I put him in a cage for a toy Yorkie that's this much, he's going to try to burst out of it, right? And that's how creativity comes. You're bursting out of it. You can't help but birth new things because you're stuck. So if you are in the space of discomfort, sit in it. Physically sit in it and let yourself allow your body and your mind to be uncomfortable for a moment and just sit because it, it really brings more creativity. It, it allows you to lean in and sort of accept it. Um, and, and I like to practice noting too, um, just as a meditation concept, if you've probably heard of it, when you meditate and things come up during meditation, whether it's a negative thought or a grocery list or um, a worry about the future, physically, well, mentally note it, like pretend like you I have one right here, I have a notepad, right? So this is my notepad when I'm meditating. And note it in your mind and say, okay, anxiety, hello. And you're noting it and acknowledging it. Okay, uh, grocery list, hello. Okay, homework. So it's You're taking a mental note and writing it down so that you can, in your mind, acknowledge it, that it's there, it's present, but you're not harping on it. You're not lingering in this anxiety or this grocery list or whatever it is you're thinking of. You are not wasting your energy harping on that one thing. You can move past it because you've now noted it on your little mental sticky note. So that's just a trick that I use. I, I use that too. And it's, it's great because sometimes I get anxious, like, oh, what if I'm going to forget? And yeah. I say, it's it's okay, Erin. Like, you've noted it. It's taken care of. And then I can move on. Yeah, <laughs> you can just move on. <laughs> yeah. And so for people who have never meditated before, how would you recommend that they get started? I love this one. Um, my best advice to get started, and this is basic, basic meditation one-on-one. If you've never meditated, um, I use meditation bells, and they're not like physical bells. Um, it can be any sound, any frequent sound that you hear throughout the day. It can be a baby crying, a car door slamming, your phone chime, something that you hear at least three times a day in your day, right? So every time you hear this sound, take one minutes. Anyone, anyone, no matter the busiest person in the world can take one minute, right? So you hear your phone go off, for example, one minute to check in with yourself. You're going to take three deep breaths in through your nose and cleansing breath out through your mouth. So three breaths. Once you take the three breaths, say, how am I doing? Ask yourself, how am I doing? Are you mentally okay? What are you feeling mentally? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling happy, calm, patient? It can be good feelings or bad feelings. Whatever you're feeling, note it, move on. It can be seconds, you know? And then how am I feeling physically? Am I aching? Do I have a cramp? Is my shoulder tight? You know, and then you can address those things. Maybe you do this. Maybe you wind your wrists. Maybe you do your neck like that. But these small check-ins 
will help you to be more conscious of what's going on in your mental and physical body and more mindful of the present moment of what's going on with you in that moment. So it, it literally will take you one minute. And then from one minute, you'll crave it even more and you'll say, ooh, that felt good. I did this one stretch and I thought about this one thing and I got this out of my head. And then you'll go from one minute to three minutes and then three minutes will turn into five minutes and you will start to crave it if you make it a one minute habit every day. So if you're starting, do the one minute and do it at least three times a day. So that's three whole minutes. No one in the world can tell me they don't have three minutes. Okay, because a lot of the times I get, oh, I don't have time to meditate. It's That's a myth. It's a huge myth. People who meditate actually have more time in their day. I say that so true. you have Beyonce hours. Beyonce has <laughs> hours in the day, obviously. But you have Beyonce hours in your day if you meditate because you're creating more brain space, right? You are you're physically creating more space in your mind to think and do more. So anyone has three minutes. So start there if you are just starting to meditate. Yeah, you know, I use Microsoft Outlook. So actually that's a good tip. Whenever I hear that chime go off when I get an email, I will check in. And, you know, I found that the times when I do check in, I notice that like maybe my shoulders are hunched over, like I'm carrying a lot of tension in my neck. Yeah. And it just helps me just like relax in my body even. So, yeah. Well, if you see me, like I'm in this office throughout the day, if someone was watching me, I do this so much. Mm. I open my shoulders and sit mm. up straight because I think my posture in general is for the most part good, but I will catch myself sometimes and I'll be like this. And then I'm like consciously opening my shoulders or sometimes it's my breath and I'll just and relax your shoulders because a lot of times even if I'm sitting with a good posture you'll you know tense up your shoulders mm -hmm. and imagine if you're holding like this all day how, how uh, soon does this look right that's that's why I'm always at the chiropractor yeah. <laughs> it's just relaxing your shoulders down it's yeah. just so freeing just to let go that release that tension out of your body it's so nice Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of that mind body t connection, sometimes just releasing the tension from your body makes you mentally just relax a little bit too. Yeah, for sure. Well, Stephanie, I have really loved this conversation with you. Can you please share with listeners where they can follow you and how they can engage with your work? For sure. So my Instagram is at Prana Wellness Works. Prana is P-R-A-N-A. Prana Wellness Works is the Instagram. And then I actually have a 21-day meditation experience if you'd like to engage more in some of these meditation practices, whether you're new to meditation or you're an OG at it. Um, I've created a 21-day meditation experience and it's about finding your power. Um, and you can find that on my Instagram and the links on my Instagram. I'm on Udemy. And are you guiding the meditation? Like yes. See, okay. Your voice is so calming. <laughs> so just knowing that you're the one narrating it, I love listening to your voice. It's so soothing. So listeners, if you love Stephanie's voice, <laughs> listen to, to our challenge. <laughs> yeah, I, so it's 21 days and it's self-paced, of course, but I encourage you to do all 21 days consistently mm -hmm. because it takes 21 days to build a habit, yeah. so especially if you are new to meditation. If you can prove to yourself that you can be consistent in this meditation experience for 21 days on the 22nd day you will be like where's my meditation yeah because I've done it for multiple 
sometimes and I'm always like, ah, I need the next one. <laughs> so it, it helps. It really works. And this one is specifically on finding your power. I guide you through the audio every day. It's my voice doing a, it's no more than 15 minutes a day of meditation. Some are eight minutes and some are 15. Um, and then I have mantras for each day, a daily mantra. And then I also have journal prompts, two journal prompts on each day. Because I think a great part of meditation, a very healthy part of meditation is journaling. So if you can find space and time to journal and really prompt yourself to be challenged in your mindset um, through journaling, I think that's really important and it's a part of the process. So each day has journaling prompts with it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with I've done meditation challenges before. I definitely want to check out yours because it sounds awesome. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, finding your po- your power is something that we all really need right now. Yeah. In a time in a world where we feel powerless with everything that's going on in this pandemic and with social justice, um, I think empowerment is something that we all really need. So I'm super yeah. excited about this. Yeah. Thanks. So Stephanie, at the end of each episode, I like to ask my guests a fun question. If you could play hooky for a day, how would you spend your day? Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> I have two scenarios. I think <laughs> pre-corona, I would have said I would be traveling. I would be on a plane because pre-corona, I was always on a plane at least once a month. I mean, traveling is my life. My tattoo is is a plane. It's oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a lifeline. So it's nearly okay. my life is travel. So <laughs> I would I would absolutely be on a plane somewhere if I could just play hooky and hop on a plane, go to Mexico or go to Greece. Uh, and, yes. and, um, Pre-corona. But now I've honestly, um, during corona, I've had a lot of creative space, a lot of creative time. And I've also joined a few boards um, on some nonprofit organizations and through my church. And so I'm finding a lot of need and a lot of um, fulfillment in serving others in terms of uh, food, because I think that food is a very spiritual need. It's Mm -hmm. an energetic need. And so if I could spend a day serving others and teaching them about real food, um, food that you grow in your garden, food that's organic and healthy and serves your body, and then teaching them about wellness, um, it's particularly kids, because I think it, it starts with kids. Obviously, we were all kids at one point in our lives. So imagine if you took a room full of five and six-year-olds who are eating chicken nuggets and Doritos and all these horrible things that are processed and just make my skin crawl. Yeah. You know, if I could sit in a room with them and show them how to garden and plant their own food and eat healthy, organic food and access it and then show them how to meditate and do yoga I would feel so fulfilled. I mean, that's that's something that I would love to do. That sounds so amazing. I actually would love to spend my hooky day doing that too. Yeah, that yeah, sounds so beautiful. Yeah, and I've the board that I'm on now. We're actually doing that. We're advocating for uh, real lunch programs for the mm-hmm. school lunch because school lunch is like it's like dog meat basically. It's horrible yeah. um, for kids, and that's what our kids are being nourished by every day. And a lot of kids go to school every day for the food. That's the only meal they get sometimes. So um, yeah, as a part of that organization, Eat Real, uh, we advocate for real food and the school systems. Eat Real. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. I really love this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. 
Oh, absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening to this week's Content Club. Content Club is brought to you from Hookie Wellness, your one-stop shop for burnout support. Give us a follow at Hookie Wellness. I'm your host, Erin, and you can find me on Instagram at livewellwithaaron. Until next time, work hard, self-care harder.